Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Dotson. He's Garrett Price. How's it going? It's going swell. It's just the two of us today. Um, no Matt O'Hara. He's doing family stuff. Jared is doing family stuff. So it's just us two. Just today. the two of us. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be remote for the next three weeks, right? Yeah, I'm going to Ireland this weekend and I'll be gone for two weeks. So you know you know they say in Ireland, ciao. <laughs> <laughs> Arriva Dechi. Adios. Oui, oui, huh? Sayonara. Those are, you, know, you know they do it in Ireland, so yeah, I'm gonna go over there. I might, uh, I'm gonna, I think I'm trying to meet up with Evan, uh, Evan Brown, one of our writers who lives oh, yeah. in Ireland. Uh, that'd be cool. I had a couple of people reach out to me on Twitter that live in Ireland too, so I'm trying to bring a couple uh, t-shirts for the nerd herd out there that all live in Ireland. Shout out to uh, the great country of Ireland. I can't wait. So today we're talking tight end buys, tight end sells. We got one each for you. Um, and we're gonna, you know, and then we got a big announcement. Oh, we got a big announcement that we got to talk about. So before we get into the players, I got a lot to say about this kind of announcement. You know, it's for everybody that's a nerd herd member and everybody who's a potential nerd herd member. But I'm excited about us talking about these tight ends in the nerd herd show. We're gonna actually break down quarterbacks uh, from a super flex standpoint of good buys, good sells, and you know, it, it's that's gonna be a long winded conversation by itself. A couple of players we've talked about before, but some guys that we think are good value and. Guys that might just be a little overpriced by ADP. And that's what it's all based on. You know, some of these guys that we talk about in these sell episodes, they're not guys we just dislike. It's just, it's all about value. And that's Dynasty Fans Football to hold. It's just, it's just, you're finding value. You're consistently finding buy windows and you're buying sell windows because that's how you play the game of Dynasty. That's, you're just, it, you, you can break down a simple format of like who you want to draft and who you want to buy and who you want to sell. It's all about, finding that right window to get the best value because that's what it is. It's just like a stock market. You want to buy at the right time. You want to sell at the right time. Dynasty is the exact same way. And that's what we try to do here at Dynasty. We try to guide you through that. So before we get into these uh, these players and before these big news, I got to tell you about our friends over at Underdog. That's right. Underdog That's what the show is brought to you by. It's the easiest, the best place to play best ball fantasy football where you go, you draft a team, you set your lineup, and you never touch it again. And right now, you gotta get in on the best ball mania. You know, I, I do the side tournaments, you know, the six man, the 12 man tournaments, slow drafts, slow drafts. I'm a slow draft guy, uh, you know, all the time, but I gotta get in these best ball manias because for $25, I'm getting in that $15 million prize pool, you know, $3 million in the first place. And I know they have other tournaments, the puppy. The little dog, all that, you know, you go to other prizes, $100,000 if you're into that kind of jump change. I'm here for the big bucks. You know, that's what Best Ball Mania does. You get in there, set it, forget it, collect all that cash, win $3 million. And all you got to do is just draft a pretty sweet team. And if you want to see last year's winner, just Google Pat Coran, and you can see his lineup, what he drafted, and what got him the $2 million prize last year and when you look at his team you, it's not like you're blown away by his team you're like oh that's a pretty solid team solid enough to win you two million dollars cash so you can get out there draft your team win all this money and all you got to do right now is go on there 
Download the app Underdog. And if you use the promo code NERDS, they're going to double your deposit up to $100. But on top of that, we're also going to hook you up over here at Dynasty Nerds by supporting our sponsors and using our promo code. We're going to give you a free one-year subscription to the Nerd Herd. So you can come out here, you get these extra episodes, you get access to all our tools, all all our rankings, everything on the website, the film room, everything. And if you're already a Nerd Herd member and by supporting a sponsor, we're going to send you the most comfortable shirt in the world. You'll get emailed a, uh, a sheet. I know people ask all the time, like, hey, I, I'm already a nerd member. How do I get my shirt? You get emailed a, uh, a sheet and then you just fill out that information and we'll send you the shirt. I usually send them out uh, probably every couple of weeks or so. I know I'm, I'm a little bit behind because of the holidays and these kids baseball games. So I know I have to get all these shirts out from uh, Ireland. I know I got, a, I got a lot to do. Um, so they're coming. If you haven't gotten it yet, don't worry. They're going to go out probably tomorrow or the next day. But, you know, when you do that, you get a subscription to Nerd Herd, you get access to all our tools. And what's great right now is finally, after months and months of talking about this, Garrett, could be years for all I know. It feels like it. The Dice Nerds app is now available in your app store for iOS users. And Woo! I do say iOS users because you got to be an iPhone user. But don't worry, Android uh, users. You little freaks are going to get a little on the action, too, because that's coming here in the next couple of weeks. We just had to make our, uh, our, uh, our developers go ahead and get the one platform out right away. And the great, the best thing about the Dynasty Nerds app that my favorite thing is, like, all the tools are still on there. The Trade Finder, yes. the League Analyzer, um, the the trade calculator, the player shares, the player cards, so much is on there right now with so much more to come, by the way. Like, you're going to see constant updates in this app uh, where it's going to go down the road in the roadmap. We, we actually have access. If you look at the Dynasty Nerds tweet, definitely at Jared Wackerly's, you actually look at our roadmap, what's coming to the Dynasty Nerds app um, and how long that list is. So the greatest function now of the Dynasty Nerds app is your biggest complaint usually when you're looking at dynasty rankings and you're looking at trade calculators and you're looking at uh, any of these tools, it's all based off of, you know, that site's data or how that site views those players. And, you know, here at Dice Nerds, we hope you use our, our viewpoint because we hope that's what's going to carry the championship. But we now, you can go on Dynasty Nerds, you can go ahead and create your own rank set and save it and update it as often as you want. And then you have the option to toggle through the nerds option and your own option. So the trade calculator, the league analyzer, everything will work off of that, your ranking. So the whole app will work off of your rank set and your beliefs of the overall dice ranking. So if you think I have Baker Mayfield too high, you can bump him down way too low. If I have Dalton Kate as my number one overall player in Superflex tight end premium over Pat Mahomes, and you think I'm ridiculous, you go ahead and bump him down to right around player five, you know, which is probably the more standard viewpoint. So Super far down. whatever you want to do, the app will run off of that. So we're making it totally customizable, totally for you. More leaks come in. You know, we got to get Fleet Flicker back in there and FFPC. Those are all coming soon. We're eventually at the roadmap to add Yahoo, ESPN, uh, all these different sites for you to control this app. And you'll see. Because what it does is give you a bird's eye view of your leagues. My favorite tool on there is a league analyzer. It literally shows other teams' strengths and weaknesses. But I don't need to sit there and talk about it. All you got to do is go to your app store, download the Dynasty Nerds app, and go ahead and play around with it. If you don't have a Nerds membership, it's just going to say sign in the Nerds. You go out there and just create a free account. You don't have to buy anything. 
and actually go on the app and play with it. Um, I think it's going to take you to my original league. I'm, I'm MFL to kind of mess around with it, which is the oldest league I have, which is going on almost 20 years old now. Um, and then the Dynasty Nerds Invitationals League on Sleeper as well. So go to the app store, download the Dynasty Nerds app, and have fun. And hopefully, uh, you know, actually you've seen it and have it on your phone. Um, hopefully that gets you excited too to go to Underdog and drop that money and uh, get that free year membership. Yeah, buddy. And hopefully the whole site, you know, the whole plan is to move the whole site. I mean, we'll still have a website, but move everything to the app, right? Like articles, podcasts, and... Nerd the, score, the, the, vid, the video cut-ups, all of it. Yeah. And then eventually, hopefully, to be able to set your lineup, make trades, all that, all through the Dynasty Nerds app. So that's the end goal, right? Like to be a one-stop shop for no matter how many... They have all your leagues in one spot. It's priceless. Definitely every Dynasty Degenerate like me who's in 20 Dynasty Leagues. So... Yep. All right, you want to get some buys and sells? Let's get into these buys and sells. Who do you All got, right. Rich? So my first buy is a contender buy, Garrett, because he is 30 years old, so he's a little bit older. Now, we do know the tight end position does last a little bit longer in the NFL because their whole game isn't predicated on speed. So one of my uh, favorite buys for this year um, and possibly going into 22 or 24, but I'm really just focused on this player for this year because he's not very expensive right now. You can have him for almost... Nothing. This is an easy tradable play for definitely for a contender. And that's Tyler Higby, tight end for the LA Rams. You know, most people might not know it, but Tyler Higby finished as tight end six overall last year in PPR leagues. And right now he's going probably in the teens, I think in ADP wise, like the 14th, 15th round in ADP, somewhere right around there. So right now he's just, his value is just polarizing. And what Tyler Higby is going to give you is that tight end one season. And yes, you'll be like, well, Rich, he finished his tight end six last year because Cooper Cup was hurt. Yeah, I'm aware. But guess what? This team is blowing it up. They're in hardcore rebuild. They went all in for that Super Bowl ring, which kudos to them because they got the ring. So I have no problem with everything they did. Giving up all their draft picks, signing these players to big-time contracts. And now they're paying for it, and they got to eat it. So they're dismantling this team. You know, trained away star players. Yes, they have Aaron Donald. But Matt Stafford is... We have no idea if he's going to last a whole season. And what weapons do we really have on there on offense outside of Tyler Higby? Yes, Cooper Cup, one of the most premier wide receivers in the league, who's also 30. And then it's Van Jefferson and Ben Skowronek, uh there. And then Cam Akers at running back. But even with this defense and his scoring ability, this team's probably going to be playing from behind a lot. So I look for them to throw the ball a ton, which is their MO anyways. Cooper Cup's going to have a monster year. But... Cooper Cup's going to see all that number one coverage, which in the middle of the, the field is going to be Tyler Higby, a big, strong, athletic tight end that's going to come in here and just catch a lot of footballs. And when we look for tight end value, we're looking for target share, right? Like target share, target share, target share is everything for the tight end. Because if you're not the number two option in that offense, it's going to be hard for you to su- succeed unless you're elite, like unless you're in that Gal- Dallas Goddard tier, right? So for me, for a player that's going in the late teens that you could probably get for just a young upside player in your in your draft, probably a third-round rookie pick right now in tight end premium, that is huge value to get a tight end that will most likely probably finish right around tight end six, tight end seven, potentially higher if he sees enough targets this year because that's where it's all about. I wouldn't be. I, I would almost lock Tyler Higby if he stays healthy in as a top six tight end this year and a super flex tight end premium. That's huge value for me. And he's one of the few tight ends that you can actually see a clear path for target share for with diminishing value. Because even if you want to go out there and buy a guy like Dalton Schultz, 
He's 26. His price tag's going to go a little bit up. You know, he's still a hot name out there. There's not many guys out there that are older at the tight end position that you're going to find this kind of value. Tyler Higby is the number one guy, and you should go out there and trade for him today if you're a contender in tight end premium leagues. Or honestly, even in one QB leagues, Garrett, we all need that tight end edge. So even in one QB league, Tyler Higby is probably even a little bit cheaper. Right. Well, and and the price tag, you're going to get him as your tight end too. Chances are you don't even have to start him. You can. But chances are, for the price tag, he is the one of the best backups that you can have right now at that tight end position if you have Pitts, if you have Kelsey, if you have Andrews, if you have one of those guys. He's a great. But if you need him to start, he can do that. And you mentioned how he, he was tight end six last year, and, you know, yeah, Cooper Cup was gone. Well, actually, the season before, when Cooper Cup was there, points per game-wise, he was actually even higher in 2021 than he was in 2022 with Cooper Cup still there. The only difference there is Higby missed more games in 21, so his overall ranking was a little bit lower, but on points-per-game basis, he actually even scored more in 2021. So I'm absolutely with you. I think Tyler Higby is a very good value. I think he is a solid player. And Matthew Stafford, if that arm and that elbow isn't quite right, those longer throws down the field we're not those aren't going to be as easily readily available he's going to check down a little more until that arm strength is back up to where it used to be so he could be a very hot target there especially in the early part of the season yeah i'm excited to see where this goes again you're you're always like when you're a contender like the value the value this is where screens value and i I like what you said too which is we preach this all the time too even if you have a kyle pitch you have a you know, a, a, a Travis Kelsey. It never hurts to go get these guys that are ridiculously cheap that can help your team in case an injury comes up because once your player gets injured down the road, that price tag goes way up. If Higby's, if Higby's performing at a top six level next year, that price tag is going to go up a little bit as well where it might cost you a second because you're up against it. And best case, if your guy's healthy going to the playoffs, maybe there's another playoff team that you feel confident that you could beat where you could trade Higby too and recoup and maybe even get a higher draft pick where you're on the receiving end of putting that player up against you and getting the second round pick or at least getting your third round pick back. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I'm with you, Rich. Um, I, I, I do think I do think he's a really good good value right now. And when you mentioned his name, because we were texting earlier about you know what players that we should target, uh, when you said him, I was like, really? And then I looked and I was like, actually, yeah, which makes him an even better buy because if people right away their initial inclination when you say a player's name, you're like, really? And then you, the more you research, you're like, oh, yeah, he is really good. That just shows yeah. how undervalued he really is because people that do it all the time, like us, are still even like, really, Higby? I don't, I don't know. Is, is, oh, yeah, he is. He's, he's a very good buy. So uh, I'm totally with you on that. Yeah, I, I want to stay away from youth here on the, on the tight ends because I want somebody that's going to win now. Because anybody go out here and say, buy Sam Laporta, Luke Musgrave, Dalton Kincaid, right? Or Greg Dulcich. Like, we know those are buys. Those are clear right. buys, upside players. Everybody likes Greg Dulcich. But where's the vet, where's the value for veteran tight ends? And that's where I believe it is. Who's your, who do you got, Garrett? Well, I went the same route. I went with a veteran tight end as well. Uh, a guy that's uh, a little long in the tooth. Uh, but doesn't have as many years maybe as as other guys at this position. And, and it's Darren Waller. This Darren Waller has been a baller for the majority of his tight end career. Maybe not his wide receiver career, but a majority of his tight end career. Uh, right now in startups, he's going as, let's see, he is going as the 110th pick 
uh, off the board. So you're getting him in the ninth round. You're getting him very late. But when was Darren Waller the best? Because these past few seasons, he's been a little banged up, and there have been more options available for the quarterbacks with the Raiders. When was he at his very best? When he was the show. He was the only one in town that could make the big plays, that could be consistently open and available. Well, he moved to a new situation, but it was the exact same situation that he found himself in before. Not a huge name quarterback, but a steady, solid guy that really doesn't have any options to throw to. I know that there's a lot of young, exciting potential players on the New York Giants, but nobody is proven. We haven't seen it consistently out of Robinson because he got hurt. Hyatt's a third-round pick. We'll see what happens here. Uh, Isaiah Hodgins flashed, but is that going to be consistent? Darius Slayton, he has four or five games every year that are awesome, but you can't count on those week in, week out. Jones needs that steady Eddie, that guy that he can go to and be reliable, and I absolutely think that Darren Waller's that guy. In Dynasty right now, the three guys that are being taken ahead of him, and look, nothing against these players. I think they're all good players, and I understand why they're going ahead because they're younger and they offer the upside and whatnot. But this is how you can draft from day one a win-now team with guys like Darren Waller because the tight end's going ahead of him, directly ahead of him, Michael Mayer, Pat Fryermuth, and then Dalton Kincaid. Those are the three tight ends going ahead of him. All, all have upside, all exciting players for the future, but I'm not counting on any of those guys to help me win a ship this year. Darren Waller can be one of those players that can help you win it all in year one. And look, I still think he has another year or two under his belt after this season as well. So we'll see how it all plays out, but I really like Darren Waller's value there all the way down at pick 110. Yeah, I really like his size and an offense. I love Brian Dable out there. Um, in the, in, the, in the team and up-and-coming New York Giants. And with Daniel Jones ascending again another year in this offense, you know, we're looking for red zone targets, safety nets over the middle. You know, Jalen Hyatt's going to be a nice deep threat. We don't – I don't know how much we're expecting him at year one, which I wouldn't imagine a ton. But, you know, they have that good guy in the red zone, and we do expect his Giants offense to move the football. Definitely the NFC there. And, again, just funnel, you know, target share, target share, target share. If Waller's going to come in and be a solid route runner – He's gonna get. He's gonna see enough targets there to finish as a top eight tight end in fantasy football. So there, there's a lot of guys here that could fit in that mold. But I do love Darren Waller's skill set as a whole. He was just missing all that target share, which I'm I'm all with you. Like I do think that will increase in 2023. Yeah, and we see it every year. Like you have a few outliers here and there, but usually the guys that are top five, top ten in target share. Uh, or total targets, I should say at least at the at the tight end position, are all within the top ten. Like it's it's truly of all the positions, this is truly the one where volume really truly is king. Like we say it at other positions, and it always helps. It never hurts. But at tight end specifically, the correlation from targets two points is just undeniable almost every single year. So uh, I think that's, that's kind of a layup in that sense of somebody that you can get that late that could, could still win you a ship. So uh, I, I get yeah, it. Dude. You want those younger guys, but these older guys are, are the ones more or less that are going to win it for you. Yeah. I mean, 500 yards is like the average to be in that top, like, you know, seven to 14 range where you're catching like 45 balls, 500 yards right around there. This where touch, touchdowns come to effect as well. Touchdowns to be massive. 
And for a guy like Darren Waller, who's literally in 2020 was tight end two overall, averaging 17 points per game, a league winner, essentially. Definitely in tight end premium is going to be right back in that, in that position and should have way more scoring opportunities this year with the New York Giants. They deal with that uh, Las Vegas Raiders last year. So just even that, that red zone opp- opportunity, because that alone, those touchdowns, the difference be going four to five touchdowns to nine or touch- ten touchdowns, literally goes from being tight end nine to ten to tight end four to five, which gets you in that top tier, which is league winning tier, because that's what you need because that's the edge you get where at the tight end position because everybody else has that guy. You're equals. Most people are an equal foot in that tight end. So, like, you don't want to be that. And if you've listened to this show for years, you know how I feel about the tight end position and how important it is to have those guys in that upper echelon. So, I like this as a buy. Yeah, I uh, – oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, with, with, with Darren Waller, too, uh, we've actually seen him – be a tight end, like a legitimate tight end one, not just like in the range. Like he finished as wide receiver two in 2019 and wide receiver three in 20 or tight end three in 2020 or one or the other. He was tight end two and three in back-to-back season. So some of these other guys, guys that I like, like that I would take, like, like Dallas Goddard is a good example. I really like Dallas Goddard. I would take him in a startup ahead of Darren Waller, but We've never seen him get the type of volume to put him into that Travis Kelsey type of echelon, Mark Andrews type of echelon. Like Darren Waller, we know that he can actually get it done. So it's not one of those times where we're projecting what could be. We're just saying this is what could be because we've actually seen it happen. Love it. All right. Before we move on to the cells at the tight end position, Let me tell you a little bit about our friends at FFPC. Launched in 2010, FFPC is the home to the largest high-stakes dynasty league in fantasy football. Now, you're saying, like, what do you mean by high stakes? Well, we could could just mean, like, smaller end, like $100. Or you can mean, like, no, high stakes, five grand entry per team. Legitimate, put your money where your mouth is type of league. Uh... You can, you can go on there. You can find orphan teams that are just available. Some of them are even rough, so you're going to get a little bit of a discount. But some of them are ready to win now, and you can just buy those teams and go. Now, those are moving quickly, so if you want to try to get one of those, you're going to have to go in now. But chances are you can go there, get your startup right now. Best of all, you can get a little bit of a discount. Go to myffpc.com, look for the Dynasty page, and use promo code nerds that's right promo code nerds and you'll get 25 dollars off any entry for new members so promo code nerds at myffpc.com all right so now for one of my cells this is a player that i do like i love a ton um but i feel like now is the window to try to get out from under him where the value just isn't really there for me on a consistent basis. And that's George Kittle. George Kittle right now is still going as like the fourth tight end off the board, which I understand, you know, this is a player that finished as tight end three overall last year, which is fantastic, right? You're like, Oh, tight end three. And in the, if you got to the playoffs, like he was a monster in the playoffs. Now you're um, not necessarily your championship game, but leading up to that week, 15, 16, 25.3 points and 30 points. Uh, those two play those two weeks, which is monster. And that's where Kittle does, right? Kittle is always good for 
a couple games a year to get you over 20 points. Last year, he had four games of over 20 points. And that's how you end up as tight end number three overall, despite him missing two games last year. And that's a big thing with Kittle. You know, get a little bit older. He's missed multiple games over the last four years, right? Like he's played in games where, you know, he played in 14 games last year. Then he played in like eight games. Then he played in like 14. So for Kittle, injury is an issue. But that's not even my biggest concern with Kittle right now. Outside, you know, his age is the end of the world as he enters closer to 30 uh, right there. How old is George Kittle exactly? Let me tell you. He is 29. That's what I thought. But with Kittle, he's a roller coaster, Garrett. Like, yeah. yes, you get those monster games. But then you got to settle for games where, like, 7 points, 4.4, 7.7, then boom, 16, 21, then 12, then 3, 24, 5, 4, 6, 25, 30, 12. Like, those are – it's a roller coaster ride. And right now the value for Kittle is – the fourth tight end off the board. He's still a monster name because he's still a really good player. And with Brock Purdy there, that's great too because with Purdy, he he was averaging about 15 points a game with Brock Purdy. But going in, my biggest concern here is all the weapons around him. And right now in Kyle Shannon's offense, he, you know, it, Christian McCaffrey's got under the full, full offseason with his team and be fully in this playbook. And he's a dynamic weapon, right? Like he should honestly be the focal point of any offense, Christian McCaffrey. But then you have Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel as well, um, which all these concern me, right? I don't know if we talked about this before. Debo was my sell at wide receiver, right? And I was worried about the same thing, like all these balls that go around. And yes, George Kittle is going to win you a game, but like I honestly would rather have a consistent guy over a guy that's going to score me 20 points. And if George Kittle at the age of 30 is going to be the fourth tight end off the board, I would love to move him for, like, this year. Like, can I get Tyler Higby and then Dalton Cade? Can I get Tyler Higby and or Darren Waller, like you said, and Sam Laporta, Luke Musgrave, a Greg Dulcich? Can I get way younger on guys that might offer that potential there? Um, even guy like David Njoku has offered some potential, even though he probably won't see the target share that I want consistently. Can Cole Komet be the guy who comes in? and be the number two there to DJ Moore. I don't know, but I would love Greg Dulcich is a great tight end. I love Sam Laporta. I love Dalton Cade. I can't scream that enough, but I think this is the right time to get out for George Kittle. Why still holds that value? Cause then once he gets to age 30 going on 31, that's when they see an automatic dip just in dynasty world, just because of age alone. doesn't really matter on his production. Travis Kelsey is the only bulletproof player there. If I can move him and get younger while getting another rookie young tight end or another player on top and see that kind of value, I'd be pretty comfortable with that because as a team that's going to the championship, I'd be so worried. Yeah, last year it all worked out, right? Like in the playoffs, like he was a monster in the playoffs for you and helped you help carry the, the load there. But the year before that in the playoffs, he scored you in week 15, 15 points, but then four, four, and then six. You know what I mean? Like it just wasn't there. And that could be that that could be a death sentence to you in the playoffs. And that's the most important factor there. Like you don't want a guy that you're like, oh, I hope he scores 20 today or 25 that gives you four. Like that that worries me. Now you're in the same tier as everybody else at tight end. So if I can move Kittle today and get more, just get younger with a guy that offers that same potential, big play potential, like I feel really good about that. And that's certainly somebody I have a ton of George Kittle shares. I really do. 
I've been a big fan for a long time. If you listen to this podcast, when George Kittle was a rookie, we talked him up and said, go out there when he's starting to break out. Like, you need to go out and trade for George Kittle. It's probably one of our bigger hits over the last 10 years. So for me to say now to finally sell George Kittle, it hurts me a little bit. But I'm trying to move in a lot of leagues. And I'm trying to get really good value back. And it's not the easiest thing to do. So that's only going to get worse. And that's what I'm seeing right now where it's, it's, I already see the ice starting to melt on top of the mountain. And this avalanche is coming. So I feel... Now is the time, Garrett. Now is the time. It, it is unfortunate, but you're right. One of the things I hate most out of the tight end position, especially if it's a guy that's considered a top-tier guy, I paid quite a bit to acquire him on my team or you know, I drafted him fairly high, is to go into weeks and just get absolute duds. So, for example, a player that is almost identical in ADP, they're literally two spots overall an ADP different is him and and Dallas Goddard. So while George Kittle put up these six, four, seven, three, five, like all of these games that were just crushing blows, Dallas Goddard only had two games all season under nine points, only two. So when you know that at your tight end position, sure, he might not have as many weeks where he's getting you 25 points but when he's consistently getting you 13 11 12 17 like when he's consistently getting you those types of games that you know week in and week out roughly what you're getting and you can build the rest of your team around it nothing hurts more than somebody just cratering your week and you're you're having to hope that somebody else puts up a 25 or 30 spot to make up for that player because now that player is not an advantage anymore they're just making up for the player that sucked so you need another player on top of that to get the 25, the 30 points. So I'm with you on that. At this point, you know, I talked about how close their ADP is. I would even be willing to give up uh, like George Kittle and a second to get me down. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Because you get the. You're year. talking about a two point differential on the points per game. You know, that's all you're really talking about. Yeah. Yeah, and and we we get the age and the consistency on top of it. So, uh, like that's the type of move that I'd look to do. Now, if you're trading away George Kittle, like the Dallas Goddard owner might not necessarily be looking to move Goddard since they're in a similar tier. But there are those guys you mentioned, the Darren Waller, you know, that we talked about as a buy. There's some guys lower on on the list that I'd be willing, or maybe I'm using this to try to even move up. Like, can I? do George Kittle plus to get Mark Andrews or, or somebody like yeah. that. So he wears me a little bit too. I would love, I, th- I mean, I would love to move him plus for TJ Hawkinson, you know, get that okay. youth, sure. get, the, get the player that's averaging, you know, literally only 0.7 points less per game uh, on a per game basis. But again, somebody who's way more consistent, uh, you know, for when it comes to points per game where he only had a couple games under, Nine points as well here for TJ Hawkinson. He had that dud in week five, but he also got hurt a little bit there. So didn't play in week six. So it doesn't really count. So outside of that, he's got a couple games that are down as well. With Jordan Hansen to be upside, but I, I'm with you. Like I would just, I, I'd rather just get a guy who can help me now. Cause like with George Kittle's age bracket, you're looking at a guy who's only going to help for the next two, maybe three years. Right. At the most. Right. You know, if you're looking for players to help you, like now we mentioned Tyler Higby's the same age. He can help you now. If you have a little bit of patience, if he's healthy, a guy like Zach Ertz was averaging 13 points per game 
and they got rid of uh, DeAndre Hopkins. He might be somebody that, I mean, Zach Ertz is almost free because we don't know how he's going to be in that quarterback situation. He might be still able to come out that helps you that's older. Darren Waller, like you mentioned, like getting that and some youth on top is what you're going for because you're looking for that next tight end to give you value. And this draft class being so loaded there, this is the year to kind of strike, to get a proven guy who's a little bit older now. If you can't do what you said, like get younger there and then get the young guy with upside sure. on top of that because sure. – Outside of those big games, you're not missing a ton, right? <clears throat> and those big games really do matter. I'm not saying that they don't. And George Kittle will st- still give you that, but you got to look for consistency. That's for every single player. Now, you don't want the guy that's going to go out there and, you know, a lot of those, you know, those games are a little bit fugazi, those finishes where you come out here and look at it and you're like, hey, he was wide receiver 18. But meanwhile, he had six games where he had, you know, not six, that's a lot, but he had a, you know, those couple of games where he had 26, 27 points. A Joe Mixon game where he scored 55 points. Those kind of games are like an extra fantasy week altogether that can really shoot right. you up the, the, the ranks. Definitely at the tight end position. So, love you, George Kittle, but hey, 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 he's got to go. All right. Well, that puts me in with our final sell. And once again, Rich said it on the onset, So, but, but I just want to reiterate – it's not that I dislike this player. I dislike his ADP. I dislike where he's being drafted. And it's not a surprise because rookie season, people tend to move these rookies up ridiculously high. But Michael Mayer's ADP right now to me is wild. Like just absolutely wild. Right now, and this is nerd hurt ADP, he's coming off the board as tight end nine. Tight end nine overall. Now, do I think he's a bad player? No. Do I think he's going to get some good targets with the Raiders? Yes. But I'm already banking on him being a consistent tight end one. No. And look, the guys that were drafted in the same round as him are being taken significantly later. Sam Laporta is down at tight end 15. And there's about a 40, a 30 pick difference in overall ADP between Sam Laporta and Michael Mayer, who I could easily see finishing very, very similar this year and very, very similar from here on out. And let's not forget, Sam Laporta was drafted ahead of Michael Mayer. So they could have had Michael Mayer. They said, no, we would rather have Significantly ahead, yeah. So, like, and then you have other guys that were taken in the same round. Luke Musgrave is down at tight end 18. Uh, Trey McBride, who I, I know that there's some some struggles from the year before, but he's at, at 19. Then one of my favorite tight ends that was also drafted in that same round, Luke Schoonmaker, is tight end 22, pick at 175. And look, the Cowboys opportunity is just as good, if not maybe even better than the opportunity with the Raiders. So the huge difference, I truly think, comes from he was a name pre-draft that everybody loved, and we're just sticking with it regardless of the other players like Laporta, like Shoemaker, guys like that, that should be valued very similar to a Michael Mayer. And they're just not. And look, you want to go the, the win now mode? You can get Darren Waller after him. You can get Njoku after him. You can get Schultz after him, Evan Ingram after him. And two younger guys that aren't proving yet that I like in Cole Komet and Greg Dulcich that you can get after him. So there's just way too much value right below him for me to reach and get an unproven rookie in Michael Mayer. 
Yeah, a guy like Juwan Johnson, who's even later to sign that two-year extension with the yeah. Saints, um, who offers the same kind of upside as a guy like Michael Mayer. Because you mentioned a guy who I, you know, I love in the offense he's in, and I he was my tight end like right around three four um, going into this, where I had it, I had a Dalton Cade, Luke Musgrave, Darnell Washington, Sam Laporta, then I had Michael Mayer as my rookie tight end rankings. And those guys were all close. And with Darnell Washington, he obviously slipped back down to number five. But Sam Laporta, you know, when it comes to Michael Mayer is really good catching the football. And he's really good at his route running and blocking. He's a real solid tight end. But when he gets in the football in his hands, he's he's a little bit of a plotter. If you want somebody that's going to, you know, really do something with the football in their hands, that's Sam Laporta. Like he gets the football and he's a wrecking ball. Uh, he moves. He makes people miss. He has good tackle breaking ability where Michael Mayer doesn't. And when you're talking about a better offense as a whole, Sam Laporta is in a better offense by light years, right? The Ben Johnson offense with all these weapons around him, I think Sam Laporta is a much better move than Michael Mayer. So if he's that far behind them and you can get Sam Laporta and say a second next year or Sam Laporta in a third next year, because I would draft Sam Laporta straight up. So you can give me a sandwich and uh, Sam Laporta from Michael Mayer, and I'm going to be one happy, delicious-fingered customer. So, for me, that's the move. Yeah, I mean, I think Michael Mayer is solid, but I think when it's all said and done, now listen, can Michael Mayer end up, come out here and shock at me and end up being consistently like tight end six, seven? Of course he could be. You know, I'm not saying that whatsoever. Right. But the odds are, and the data that I use, and the film study that I do says Sam Laporta is a much better option. And you mentioned the draft capital alone. Sam Laporta was like a top five player picking in the second round. Like he was taken up there. And you said they could easily take a guy like Michael Mayer. But guess what? This is offense that wants to move the ball and make things happen. And they want that tenacity under uh, Campbell. So Dan Campbell. So for me, Sam Laporta fits that. They went and got it. I know it's way, way, way too early. Um, out of the camps, they're saying Sam Laporta looks like one of the best weapons on the field as well. So you're right. It's just about ADP value. Michael Mayer is a great upside player. Do I want shares? Of course. But with that ADP, it does not make sense for the guys that are in front of them to offer the equal upside, if not higher ceiling. So I like that as a sell as well. And and it's not even it's not even just at the tight end position. There's all of these other players going ahead of them that you can get at different positions. Like you want to get you know, you want to get yourself a, a, a quarterback, a running back. Like, you know, we talked about how much, like, we love Deontay Johnson. You can get Deontay Johnson because he's going behind Michael Mayer in, in ADP. You can get yourself a quarterback in Jordan Love because this data is only one tight end. It's not – or not one tight end, but it's not tight end premium. So you're looking at a super flex ADP where you could get yourself a Rodgers, a Love. You can get these starting quarterbacks – Brock Purdy, all of these guys, because they're going after Michael Mayer. So I, I like it positionally, or I don't like it positionally, but I, I don't like it as far as the overall ADP and the other players too. So for, for me, it just it it just doesn't make sense. And I say this every year. I say it at the expo. I say this on stages in front of people. I say it on this podcast, and I'll continue to say it until I no longer do a podcast. Where there's a lot of other analysts that really disagree with me. Analysts I respect. They say never draft a young tight ends. Don't worry about tight end. Go out and trade them. Go out and trade for them. Go out and trade for them. Where <clears throat> my argument is like, okay, that's easy to say, but who's trading you one of the top tier tight ends? Right. Nobody, because they're a difference maker. And that's what it is. You're looking for the edge in Dynasty. 
I've said it a thousand times, so here's a thousand and one. Difference maker. Dynasty leagues are five years, six years in. You get the top-heavy teams. You get the middle-of-the-road teams. You get the bottom teams, and those are the tiers. And the top teams are really good, and you need to get that edge on them. You need to compete with the guys that do have Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson. So I'm all about grabbing these young tight ends. I'm grabbing guys with upside. I'm willing to slightly overpay for guys like Greg Dulcich, right? Dalton Gates, Sam Laporta, that has the potential. Just give me the potential to get into that top five. Because that's what I want. And if you see a lot of my dynasty rosters, I have those guys. Like, I have those top five guys because I put such an effort into obtaining those guys because I want that edge. And it helps you, you know, when you get in those playoffs, when it, the difference is a point or two, that's where it comes into effect where, hey, this guy's scoring seven points, but your guy's scoring 10 points. So, even though it doesn't seem like a lot, it's a huge difference between being tight end four to five when you're averaging about 10.4 points per game to averaging about 8.4 points per game. That's the difference between winning and losing over your league mates. And to have those guys means you have a difference maker. And that's what we're looking for in Dynasty Fans Football to fill out our starting roster. Difference maker. And it's why I draft so many of them in the rookie drafts just for the shot and a win. Like you mentioned, like a Luke Shoemaker, right? Mm-hmm. What a great add in the third round of your rookie draft. Just on the opportunity alone with the draft capital in a position like, hey, he could be Dalton Schultz. And maybe maybe it's only a two-year window there, possibly, for some of these guys. Or they come in like Tyler Higby. Maybe this is the last year to have that. That's fine. That's fine because I'm looking for my one window to win. Like these windows of opportunity to win your dynasty defensive world championship, they're not usually very long or large because of injuries and everything's going to happen. Trades, there's so much that goes into it. It doesn't matter how good your team looks on paper in June or August. All that matters is really where you're at in November, Mm -hmm. right? That's where it matters. So that's where you need the depth. That's where you need the difference makers and go out and, and to find them. That's why we do shows like this now in early June to kind of find those guys at ADP now because this is a much easier time to make trade where value is because you're not in season and there's no proof in the pudding. You're not saying, hey, this guy is tight end number five overall. You got to give me this. And you're like, yeah, you're right. I kind of do. So I like the buys. I like the sells. I like the value. You know, there's other names out there. Like we mentioned, Greg Dulcich, Juwan Johnson's an interesting player. Uh, on, on, on coming up there. So you mentioned even a guy like Trey McBride, uh, the former John Mackey winner out there for Arizona. Uncertainty uh, is Zach Ertz. What can happen out there for him as well? So obviously Chig Okanakwo is another dynasty darling. Yep. But like I have no I have no problem overpaying for a guy like and then by overpay I'll say I'm not going out there giving a first right. But like hey here's a second and a player you know right. here's a player that. He's a little bit older in a tooth, but can I get a Chig? Can I get a Dulcich, right? Can I get a Kincaid? Can I get a Sam Laporta? Those are, like, some of my main guys. Even, like, a Mike Kosicki. Like, I know I talked about him last year. I know he only signed that one-year deal in New England, but he signed for about $10 million, and there's not a lot of weapons out there uh, for the New England passer, Mac Jones. And bringing Bill O'Brien into that offense will make a massive difference for them uh, going into 2023 when they had a defensive coordinator calling that offense. So a guy like Mike Kosicki, who's playing on a one-year deal, trying to get that big contract, whether it be from the Patriots or somebody else, is another high upside player because, again, target share, target share, target share. I don't want to talk, bring up Mike Kosicki before because I've said bye Mike Kosicki for two years now, anticipating that he'd go sign with somebody like the Chiefs or the Chargers. He did not. But now being on that one-year deal, Garrett, that's still like 
Telling me there's a chance. It could be anywhere. And if he does really good, then he gets franchise tagged, and then he's still the number one option there. Right. And I think Mike Gesicki has a real good chance to be the number one target for a guy like Mac Jones with his athleticism and his size in that offense. So if Mike Gesicki came out and he was the Tyler Biggie this year and top six tight end, that wouldn't shock me whatsoever. And you're talking ADP value, somebody who is absolutely plummeted almost off the face of the earth behind every guy we mentioned, it's Mike Kosicki. Yeah, well, I'm going to throw one more name out there, and I'm just curious your thoughts on him because the starting tight end for this team uh, is not there. And we've seen flashes, but he just he's still young, but he just hasn't stayed healthy. But, man, this is a good offense and a good situation. Irv Smith. Irv Smith is now with the Cincinnati Bengals. Currently with the Nerds ADP, he's the 215th player off the board, tight end 34. So we're taking multiple tight ends from other teams before we're taking Irv Smith. Is that another one that you would just kind of try to maybe not target in the sense of like, because whenever you you target those those guys that are late like that, they're like, what do you know that I don't know? But yeah. when you throw him in on top of a deal like, ah, just throw me in an Irv Smith to, to make it even. Like He's one of those ones that I feel like could have a later career resurgence that we've seen. Oft- Higby was one of those guys that had a later career resurgence. Uh, Gary Barnage did it for the Browns. Uh, Darren Waller did it. Like, Darren Waller. Yeah. So, I mean, you see this sometimes. He had the draft capital. We saw the flashes. He just had the hardest time staying healthy. But in this high-octane offense, I don't know. He's interesting to me. Yeah, he's very interested in me as well, and he's also still super young. He's only 24 years old. Uh, second round pick by the Vikings, not, you know, now it seems like forever ago. Kind of like that halfback tight end, right? Like right. he's six foot two, 240 pounds. But Irv Smith in that offense, he is intriguing. Again, another player kind of playing for his career. You yeah. know what I mean? They had a draft pedigree before, didn't work out there because of injuries, and mostly that's what it was because of injuries. And with this offense, with Joe Mixon, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, there should be a lot of opportunity for him to be open there in the middle. And anytime you have Joe Burrow behind center, it could easily be one of those situations where he comes out. And like you said, you're you're getting Irv Smith for almost nothing out there. And maybe he finishes his tight end 12, tight end 11, like a good depth piece right. with the opportunity, you know, if somebody goes down, if Irv Smith goes down and, you know, maybe it's not Tyler Boyd or something happens to Jamar Chase, who has a ton of injuries, um, not a ton. I don't want to. I don't want to say that. Like he's, he's sure. a ton, but somebody gets banged up. Sure. Um, Irv Smith is a great buy. I mean, crap. And, and and it depends how deep your league is. Irv Smith might be a free agent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In some it's leagues. True. So, for a guy who's only 24 years old, and we know the tight end position, he came into the league really young. Takes time to develop and grow into. You see much later breakout years. Year three, year four, year five. And I understand where like that's where. That's where, like, some of these analysts mean, like, you could buy the dip later. But, like, not many of those guys turn out to be elite studs, right? They come right. serviceable. So, like, right. I'm looking for elite studs. And odds of Irv Smith ever being an elite stud, pretty slim. Sure. Pretty slim. But for the value right now, like, what a great depth piece where the cost is nothing. So, if it doesn't even work out, you just cut them off your roster. It's not, even a, it's not even a big deal. I mean, what are you giving up? A fourth-round pick in for Irv Smith? Exactly. Like, you don't think there's going to be a player there um, in the fourth round where somebody wants Izzy Akibanda, uh for the Jets because they have Brees Hall. They want him. They have Irv Smith. And you can't get him for a fourth-round pick. You know, if somebody doesn't want the upside in the fifth round of a generic prince uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs and they just like him for the upside, you can't get an Irv Smith Jr. You know, there's players out there that, that – 
offer little or no upside whatsoever, almost like Eric Smith, that you can get from this year's rookie class. So, and honestly, if you already had your rookie draft, probably a fourth-round pick next year gets it done. Probably. Because some people are probably just looking for any kind of value for Irv Smith Jr. But I like that name because it is a nice upside player with a good offense. Yeah. I'm. I'm. He's He's definitely one of those guys that, you know, I, I'm just keeping an eye on. And I, I want to stash him because you know, we saw we saw Hurst at the end of last year catching touchdowns like crazy. So you, you never know how those those situations could develop and evolve over time. And maybe it's it doesn't he doesn't stick with Cincinnati, but he does enough this year to get a bigger deal and a better contract on a different team somewhere next year. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with them. 100%. So that's it for this show. We're going to dive into the Nerd Herd Show member. If you go to Underdog, you can get that Nerd Herd membership. I encourage everybody, get to your app store today if you have an iPhone. Android users coming soon. Download that Dynasty Nerds app. Play around with it. Let us know what you think. Um, we have on the Discord app suggestions. And again, you can look at Jared Wackerly's tweet and look at the roadmap of what's to come with this app already. I mean, to me, in my opinion, Garrett, if the app stayed the way it was, it's a it's a great Dynasty oh, app. Absolutely. To me, it's the first app ever like this to market ever um, in the game of Dynasty Fantasy Football. So we're really proud of that as well. And just going on there. And remember, you don't need to be a Nerd Herd member to use this. Like, the, the get your import your leagues and use the league analyzer and stuff. You need a membership. But, like, you know, there's other things on there like the mock draft tool. You know, get ready for Scott Fishbowl and the mock draft tool, yep. which is a ton of fun. I use it every day. There's a lot of tools and functionality that you'll be able to use for your Dynasty Leagues as well. And I promise the more you start to play with this, the more you're going to be like, hey, I'd pay a cup of coffee a month to use this. And honestly, that's all it is. One cup of coffee, less than a value meal at McDonald's a month, and you can have a, an app that you can import all your dynasty leagues and have all the information at a glance. And listen, I get it, man. I know there's people out there like, I'm never paying for websites. I'm never paying for that. But it's not just the app you get when you join the herd as well. You get access to the Dyson Nerds film room to watch all this rookie tape in one place. You get the nerd score. You get so much more than just the app for the price of a cup of coffee a month. It's the best value in all of Dynasty Fantasy Football. And right now, you can literally get it for free by depositing 10 bucks on Underdog, which is the best value of all time. Crazy. But just download it and see what I'm talking about. Because just the app alone is worth a cup of coffee, in my opinion. Just, that Easily. alone is worth it. But you get so much more. I mean, in my opinion, the film room is worth just a cup of coffee uh, the, a month. So, so, so many sites to get the extra podcast. You're paying three or five bucks a month just to get the extra podcast. That's just like almost a throw-in at this point. Yeah, and if you enjoy the podcast, it's a podcast that you enjoy and you listen. There's tens of thousands of people that love it. You know, why not get an extra podcast as well? We saw I tell the same dumb jokes on that one too. Sometimes, sometimes even dumber. I drop the f bomb. Yeah, some, a lot of times even dumber. I'm only some people get smarter as they get older. I'm just getting dumber. <laughs> so it's it's only going to get worse from here on out. So check it out, play with it, and remember all memberships that do come in, all new nerd herd uh, subs literally go to things like this, right? We put all our time over the last year and a half, all our finances into this app. That continues. Like every new membership sound like, oh, another cup of coffee for me. It's like, oh, no, give this to the developer. What else can you build? Build this because that's what I want. I want to have an app that's a one-stop shop where you can send trades, set your lineups for all these different leagues in one spot. And then that encourages you to join more Dynasty Leagues because it's so simple. To be able to do everything from one spot, download it, check it out, and I promise you're going to fall in love. It's going to be love at first sight. Look at me, Mr. Cupid. 
Look at you. I won't be back here next week. I'm going to go to Ireland for two weeks. So people that hate me, eh, you're in luck. People that love me, I'm sorry. I miss you too, baby. I'll be back. Hopefully. I don't know what's going to happen out there. It's a long trip, a long time. Uh, so you and uh, Matt have a good time. And I'll be back, hopefully, uh, you know, speaking real Irish. Oh, Arriva Dechis. <laughs> I hope you come back with the fullest red beard of all time. It would be literally good. impossible. I cannot grow a beard. Hey, it's impossible. Catch those lucky charms and it could happen. We'll see. Ooh, top of the morning to you. Deuces. Adios. <laughs>